Good evening, everyone. Good evening. This is Trevor Yeramai Carter. I want to welcome you to one of my podcast show, and it's Yes, You Can. And if this is your first time, I want to welcome you to join us as well. I am so super excited to have our wonderful guest with us who's going to be talking about something very close to her heart. It's about having natural hair. How women should love her hair, having it natural and be proud of her natural hair. Now, you know, out there in today's society, there's a lot of debates about a woman's hair have to be natural. Or where does she put perm to it? What is really happening in our society today? Is it really true that having natural hair, there's natural beauty? Well, we're going to find out more from Mantri Soros today, who's with us tonight to share with us. Now, with me, it's a little bit difficult because I don't have no hair on my head. But apart from that, I may learn something. <laughs> my hair, my gray hair might be an answer for Mantri to answer me. If she can get the gray hair out of me, I'm sure her natural product will be working miracles for me. So you never know. They'd never know, they'd never know, no, no at the end until there's a yes. <laughs> so we just want to thank you for all of you for coming and joining us. And uh, we're so glad to see you joining us. And we will be taking questions. So please do be ready and free to ready to put your question forward to our guests throughout this interview. So before we bring up my wonderful, wonderful guests, there's a couple of things you might want to know. If you are a hobby or you have a business or you have anything you want to share, we'll be more than happy to have you on as a guest. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Thanks to technology, it allows you to get online and share your products, your service, or your hobby to the world. Now, if you're interested in being a guest on Yes You Can Show with me, you can simply email me at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. That's info livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. So if you are interested in being on this show, please do get in touch with me with that email. Now, for the sake of that, we are going to move straight in to our wonderful, wonderful guest who's with us tonight. And I'm so super excited. And so are you who are joining us tonight. Um, it's going to be a very, very strong topic. And it's going to be talking about the real natural hair. So before we go any further, let me welcome in Mantri Source. Welcome to the show. Hello, Trevor. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So how are you today and how's your day been? Oh, listen, always well, right? Until I was sitting there about 10 minutes before the show and I'm ready. I got myself together and I'm looking at the time. I'm thinking, where's Trevor? And Trevor <laughs> then is emailing me, where are you? <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Abs absolutely. At least we're here together. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story and to talk about one of the things that I'm passionate about, which is hair. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much indeed. You know, technology has its way of playing the game, but we have to play on top of it. And we've done that. We've got you in the show and we're so super excited to have you. So Mantris, there's a lot you're going to share with us tonight. And uh, as a male, I'm going to learn something that I can pass on to my wife. And uh, She's had some debates about hair and natural hair and perming and putting products in. So obviously, for the sake of our listeners, if you don't mind, um, would you manage to share with us a little bit about you, who you are and where you're from? Yeah, so I think that's a great question, right? And because we have an hour, I'm going to condense that <laughs> into a short narrative. Um, essentially, 
My name is Montrese Suarez. I was born in the UK and I realized today as I was thinking about my life journey, my life as a traveler started from the age of nine when I moved to America for the very first time. And so over the years from nine to 16, I lived in America, came back to the UK from 16, um, stayed until I was in my late twenties. And by then I had a um, eight year old son and a seven month year old daughter. And I decided I just had had enough of the country, so lit of the UK. So I opened up the map of America and I decided I will just go anywhere other than where I had used to live. And so I picked Indiana because I knew at the time one, three people we knew then. And um, I just packed up my kids. Uh, I had, if I remember correctly, because that was a long time ago, I had $3,000, I think. And uh, off we went on an adventure of a lifetime. And I told my son that we were going on a, an adventure of a lifetime. So I knew that if I went to a particular state I hadn't been to, that I could always get up and leave if I didn't like it. Consequently, um, we ended up staying in that state for 15 years. And one of my friends is on here now and she gets a shout out because I met her then. We have a great relationship. Hi, Mandy. Thanks for coming on. And so um, we stayed there for 15 years. Um, and then let's see. So what, what led to this journey as far as the hair care industry um, was after about 15, 16 years, um, I got a scholarship to go to the, the equivalent here is uni. Over there it's called college, but here it's university. And um, that scholarship paid for all my fees, all my tuition and all my books and gave me six years to get my bachelor's degree. And so mm. I started on that adventure. Um, and in 2011, I graduated. And just before I graduated in 2011, um, very exciting. Of course, college was a university was a whole um, experience for me. Um, my past had communicated messages of mistruth to me, um, especially about my hair and myself or my, my self-worth. And so while I was in school getting my education, I was also doing the other part of healing my emotions, healing my soul, looking at my mindset and really um, challenging the, na the narrative I had in my own mind about my own self-worth. And consequently, going through this journey, the end of 2011, I graduated with my degree. I had a job. So immediately, my degree is in computer and information technology. Immediately, um, January of December of 2011 is when I graduated, pardon me. And January of 2012 was when I started my job. And I was on my job for 20 days when my son was in an argument with another family member at the time. Um, and that altercation turned from a verbal argument to a physical one. And consequently, my son passed away. And so when my son passed away, then we had to go through that whole journey of um, grieving and not just grieving, but grieving in a healthy way, which is like a whole nother talk that we could talk about when someone loses, loses a loved one. How do they grieve? How long does it last? What are the stages? All of that we could talk about. But 
park that aside and just say, while I was grieving the loss of my son, um, I also decided because I had been perming my hair all of this time, straightening in it. Um, I was on, they used to call it creamy crack. I was on that every a couple of weeks. I'm sticking it on my hair. Didn't matter if my scalp was damaged. I'm still putting it on my hair so I can have bone straight hair. So years of just mismanagement of my hair had turned my hair very short. I mean, it was probably this long for your um, members on the radio station. They won't be able to hear, but it was just about to my ears length. And um, when he died, I just decided no more with... um, perming my hair I just wanted to do different I looked at it and I decided it's time for a new new change and so um, I began to learn I took off uh, I put away all of the heated appliances and put off put off all the um, straightening curls the straighteners that I had and I just decided that I was going to learn how to care for the hair that I was given with from birth Um, And so I couldn't put, because I have sensitive scalp, I couldn't put a weave and so forth in my hair. So I actually, someone suggested put on a wig and I wore this wig, I promise you, every day from around 2012 to 2013, literally every day. I would just take it Mm. off at night. I put it on the side and I just let my hair breathe. I just let it be however that was going to be. I didn't, I didn't mess with it. I didn't fool with it um, at all. It was it was a way. Now looking back, I didn't know, but as I was healing from the passing of my son, I was also healing my hair, and I had gone through the emotional journey of trying to heal myself from my past, as far as my childhood um, traumas that I experienced. So it was really a multifaceted <laughs> journey that I was going through, and so at the end of 2013. Um, after 15 years of being in this state that I arrived in when I was just 27 and I and I just loved the state and I fell in love with the people and some incredible things happened there including me being able to go and get my degree um, it was time to move and so I moved to a new state well when I moved to a new state I decided that it was no longer time to wear that wig literally if you would have known me back then, Trevor, you would have said to me, why you still got that thing on your head? Because it no longer looked like a wig. It mm. just looked like fake hair, uh, something floppy that I had on my head. And so I put it aside and I decided from that moment on that I was going to learn how to take care of my hair. Um, and that was an important time for me. I realize now, again, looking, looking back, because it set, it's setting me up for the adventure that we're going to talk about in a little bit as far as coming back to the UK and um, starting my own hair care journey. So we moved from up north of America to down south. Um, we stayed there for another five years. And during that time, it was really time for me to learn how to take care of my hair, to honor what had been given to me from my birth. And so I went on YouTube and I looked at some YouTube videos and I began to understand um, how to take care of my hair. Um, I couldn't necessarily go to the store and buy the store bought products. Um, so I just, and I also knew that I didn't understand the names on the back of the ingredients of the bottles and I wasn't going to put anything in my hair that I didn't pronounce the name of, um, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute. 
And so I learned how to make my own hair care product for myself and my daughter. By then, my daughter is a teenager. She has a head full of hair. And I didn't want her to experience the same narrative that I had experienced as a child about our hair. So I never put a perm or anything in her hair throughout her whole life. And so whatever I made for my daughter, who's now a teenager, I just made for, I mean, whatever I made for myself, I made for my daughter as well. And so um, I grew my hair pretty long. Um, of course, your audience on the radio won't be able to see it, but for some, it, it's stuck, but it's, um, it's, I put it up, but it's quite long. And I just, just by learning um, how my hair speaks to me, what it's saying, what it mm. needs, um, I, it just grew. And as it grew, my healing grew from mm. the passing of my son. I was able to tell the story. And whenever I have an opportunity to tell the story, story, even though it's a sad story because he passed away, it's also a beautiful story. Because mm. It's a story about love and acceptance and forgiveness. And I'm really um, big on those three aspects of how a person lives their life and how I live my life. And so whenever I'm telling the story, I have this huge smile on my face. And I'm sure the people are looking at me going, why is she smiling? <laughs> because it's quite a a it's quite a depth an in-depth um story but I'm I'm always say I'm not smiling because I'm happy because my son passed away it would be remiss of me not to smile because I understand the healing process and I'm able to share the story and tell everyone about the love and acceptance and forgiveness in the midst of the tragedy that happened my son um when he passed away in 2012 he was 22 so he was quite young in his age. And, and of course, that means that there's a whole lot of his life that I would never experience because he wasn't um, there. Um, so briefly, in, uh, so that takes us up to like 2017, 2018. In mm -hmm. 2018, um, we decided to move back to the UK um, for family reasons. Um, all of my family are here in the UK. And that uh, we arrived in the UK in the summer uh, of 2018, and um, and and then in I mean, I'm just thinking in December of 2018 we moved to the current area that we're lived in, and so I had my degree. Um, I wanted to get a job when we moved here in um, in the IT industry. I also wanted to meet people because I had moved to an area that I had never lived in before. You'd think that I'd learn long ago, like quit moving to places you don't know because of the experience, but I, I, I'm yeah. an adventurous at heart, I guess. And yeah. so we moved to an area where we knew one person and um, I had decided one day, I don't know anyone, I need to get a job. So how am I going to go and start meeting people in the community? Um, to me, relationships with people are key. And so mm -hmm. I, I know I'm not an island. I can't live life on my own and my family can't live life on my own. So I went to a course to meet, just to meet people. And then that course led me to another course. So in May of 2019, I started a course that disrupted the narrative that I had about becoming a business owner. Every reason I could have, I went there with three ideas. Um, and every reason that I have about not starting, there was an answer. And mm. it was a very challenging and thought provoking course. Um, the first day was horrible. Uh, so many things that happened that first day that I came home uh, at the end of that first day. And I, and I said to my family, I, I'm not going back. I just, I can't, it was a nightmare. 
what should have been an easy journey to return home was a nightmare. And I just was thinking, now I'm not going to go back, but, but I'm not a quitter, Trevor. Right. And I've never, I haven't, I don't remember ever facing a challenge and cowering from it. It's not that. It's about what can I learn in that moment in the midst of that challenge. And so I went back the second day, which was a Tuesday. And then the second day, um, I began sharing why I was there, who I was. And um, the people that were like, I'll try your product. I'll try your product. So this is the product I had been making for myself and my daughter only for since 2013. And here are people several years later going, I'll buy it. And I, it was just, it was a moment. I had an epiphany. I was like, well, you'll, you'll buy what I'm, what I'm making. You want to sample that? It just was a moment. It blew me away, but it also solidified immediately um, what I could do because I had been told a couple of years before, as far as um, income and working, everything that I need was in my hands. And I didn't understand what that meant until that day. And on that day, I was like, oh, wait, I can sell this product. And so there was a lady there who said, no, you can't. You just can't go out there and sell it. And you can't even give it to people uh, to try because of all the rules and regulations. And so then I had to go after the course so the course was a 10-day course I went through it um my daughter in the mean in that 10 days the company was named my daughter named it dare to be natural I wrote down my whys which is I'd like to share with your audience today why I started the business um and uh and then I learned also how to in the midst of all of that take a product that I had been making myself and turn it into a product that was worthy to pass the necessary assessments that cosmet- that companies need, need in the cosmetics industry, whether they're selling skincare or hair care products. Um, oh. There are regulations, rules and regulations. Um, I learned how to turn that product that I was, my, my DIY, I learned how to turn it into a product that would be successfully um, deemed safe to sell to the public. Um, I did all of that while I was I was um, after the the uh, the course had finished, and so let me just pause here and share my why for starting the business because I really would like people to understand as well as I'm telling my story. Um, I just didn't start a business to start a business. I didn't mm-hmm. start it just for the monetary aspect. And I should say, um, when I was looking for a job, I was having help finding the job. And when it turned out that I could start the business, I went to the person that was helping me and I said, I want to start this business. And that person said, that's great. I'll help you start the business. And that just blew me away. And, and I was like, wait, hold on. I don't have to work for another person ever again. And she said, no. I don't have to work for another person again. And when she said that, I felt a weight that I didn't realize I was carrying. I felt that weight lift off of me as I realized I don't have to work for someone else. I can work for myself. Now, that had always been a secret desire in my heart. Mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. never came to fruition so all of these years later there's this lady saying yes I can help you I'll help you write your business plan I'll help you do whatever you don't have to work for someone else and I was like yes yeah I don't have to walk, travel that journey and so I had to begin to um look at my why's 
of why I was starting this business. And it's not just for monetary, monetary reasons. And so part of my why is my desire. And my desire has always been to move my family from the legacy of the, the different types of poverty that we've lived in throughout generations. And so I wanted to start this company, Dare to Be Natural, um, to help address the financial poverty. But I also mm. wanted this adventure to help address the other types of poverty. So mental poverty, emotional poverty, physical poverty, poverty of knowledge, poverty of understanding and personal poverty. So I wanted to address the realm of poverty that could exist. In, and I can only talk for myself in, in the lives of my um, immediate family and then generationally my family. Mm. Mm. And so that was my desire at heart. Um, my hope was it, and it's still, I say past tense, these are still all my current whys. So let me just say that these are still my, the, mo the driving force and the motivation behind what I do. Um, my hope is to empower others to believe that all things are possible when focus and determination are part of a person's mindset. Mm. I, I remember when I was in college and, and I had to fill in the application and I procrastinated for a couple of years before I filled in that ap application. But once I did it and I was accepted for the six years and they said the, the organization that gave me my scholarship was like, we'll pay for the scholarship. We'll pay for the books you need. Do you need anything else? We'll give it to you. You want to go to counseling and get emotional healing? We'll do that. Um, that really instilled in me, do my very best while I'm at school. Because someone took the time to invest in you. A stranger took the time to invest in me. So the, mm. the best thing that I could do was give the very best of me. Um, and so when I graduated with my degree, I was totally excited because it had been a dream of mine for 22 years to go to, to university or college. And it took 22 years for it to come to fruition. So when I graduated and I got my degree, it was like this dream that I had had that I never spoke about was coming to um, pass. It was bearing fruit. And mm -hmm. so now I just want to pass that hope on to other people because without determination or focus. And of course, my tribe was with me. Um, my friend that's on the, the Zoom now, she was with me. We walked through that whole journey together of what it means to be an older student in college and all that comes with that. And I just want to say, if I can do that, or if I can even start a company, mm. then anyone can do that when focus and determination are a part of a person's mindset. Mm. And so my goal is to, when my son passed away, his legacy was make move, it, it is, make moves that matter. And to me, that's now a goal. My goal is to leave um, a legacy of positive change um, and this one is really important to me because when he died and we heard at his funeral that this is what he used to say to people, to me that says, make moves that matter. Am I being intentional with any given moment I have while I'm still alive? Because I understand the finiteness of life and how easy that can change because I, we walked through this journey of um, my son passing away, him dying. So we walked through that one minute he was here and next minute he wasn't. And so I had an appreciation about the length of time that I have left on this earth. And his legacy to me means, am I being intentional with any moment that I have? So even now with your listeners and the ones on the Zoom and yourself, am I being intentional with the moment that I have now? Am I speaking life into people's existence? Um, am I making a difference in my sphere of influence? 
when um, we've had that moment, have I left the legacy of positivity with that moment that they're going to remember? It's really super important to me. It runs through the DNA of my um, business. And I think as we get to talking, you'll see how it runs through it because I, I value life. I value people. And I want to honor his legacy. If I can't do anything else, I really want to do that. So that was my goal. Um, and my reward out of all of this. So I had a desire. I have a hope. I have a goal. Um, I have a strive. My strive is being intentional about um, interacting with people and leaving a po po positive um, experience and being fully engaged in any moment. And then my reward is witnessing the joy of another person being empowered, whether I'm talking about their hair care routines. Mm -hmm. And Trevor, um, you have gray hair and you have no hair. So our conversation <laughs> about hair might be a bit long. However, am I making a positive um, impact in that moment? And, and if I'm empowering others, then I'm like, yes. I fully lived up to his legacy. And so I think it's important as business owners that, and it was important for me when I started this company because I'm new and I have to build up my network all from scratch. Um, I just want to be authentic in myself. And I just want to people to know, I just am not out here trying to make um, money, but I'm also intentionally thinking about how do I give back and in which ways do I, do I give back? And so uh, when I started the company, I had, again, like I said before, I had to learn how to take this product that I was making uh, and turn it into a professional formulation that could go to a, um, a cosmetic safety assessor and pass all of the necessary tests that it needed to pass in order to be deemed safe to sell to the general public. Um, and, and I didn't have, I didn't really know who to ask. So I really literally had to do the, that groundwork myself um and it was a challenge but again I don't I don't uh some things I I pick my battles I choose when I will fight and when I will just be calm and yeah. just let things fly and and so starting this business was super important to me and it wasn't one that I was going to let like the obstacle of how do you get it assessed I wasn't going to let that um deter me and so I did all of that um, in 20, at the end of 2019, my uh -huh. product was ready. Um, I went to my first market ever uh -huh. um, with all of the necessary paperwork that I needed to go to an in-person market. It was the best thing ever. My intention was always to go to markets and sell my products so I could meet people. Because again, uh -huh. my whole thing was I need to meet people. And then um, we went to our second market in 2020 in March just like maybe two weeks before the pandemic. And then the pandemic came and shut all of that. All of that plan that I had, it just completely got turned around on, on its head. And so from 2020, I've had to learn, and I was never intending to go and sell online. Right. But I have to do something different now, right? So right. I had to make that shift in my mindset to say, how do I know get, now take what I'm doing and put it online? And part of doing that was I like to continue and learn. And part of that um, assessment journey, as far as making an online presence was also, I want to understand and learn how to make more products. So at the end of 2020, December, actually, I started a hair care formulation course, learning how to make shampoos and conditioners, other styling products, um, so that I could learn the correct way to formulate 
So I'm, I'm, I'm going, I learned from my very first product. I went from being a DIYer to a formulator. Now I'm going to learn how, now I'm learning how to be a formulator in many products professionally, as yeah. if um, I had been doing that for long. So that's my current journey along with, um, along with building this social media presence. I'm also in school um, working towards my diploma in um, natural hair care formulation, um, mm -hmm. which is, I'm very excited about that. And so um, I think I'll pause there. Do you have a question for me? Yes, I think what you covered there, Mantri, is a fantastic story for our listeners to get the feel of both sides of the world. The journey, what you have to do with a sacrifice leaving the United States to come to UK. Different society, different behavior, different tradition. Yes. You yes. have to find your way to adapt in that society with the dream yes. you have. Yes. yes. And here's the thing, you broke that code. And yes. you made that dream become a success on the legacy of your son, which I think yes. would leave a tremendous uh, approval and satisfaction if he were with you today and say, ma'am, I really love you for what you've done. And I think yeah. that's a great feeling I'm getting from this call today. You know what we're going to do? This is fantastic. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to come back. And I want to say to all our listeners, get ready with your questions because this topic is deep. We're going to go further into the natural products of your hair. And if you are thinking it natural, the right way for our women to go and have their hair natural, well, guess what? Our wonderful guest man, Tree Service, is going to tell us a little bit more in details. So hold tight and we're coming right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back with our wonderful guest. And boy, what a story. I think everyone can learn something from here tonight because, Montrese, the journey you made, it took a lot of sacrifice. Yes. To the United States, making life work, but the dream was always still burning within you. Now, I want to go back a bit for the sake of our listeners. You mentioned when you were combing your hair, your hair was breaking and you had to put a wig on, you constantly wear it every day, but you took it off to give it air to breathe. I want you to explain to us, because there's a big debate about stress and hair. People's hair breaking, okay? Uh, my sisters have long hair. When they came from the Caribbean, they came here, they were combing their hair long. I was like, what? Is that how long my sister's hair is? And even my wife. Now, could you give us some insight on how is it important and how is it that women and men have to understand when it comes to hair? How is stress related to hair and does stress affect hair? Sure. Um, I think that's a great question and it's a multifaceted question. And so, um, yes, stress can affect our hair. Um, and there are several environmental factors outside and inside that can affect our hair. Our emotions 
um, when we're stressed, our emotions are heightened. And of course, um, even other medical conditions can be precipitated by stress or by heightened emotions, especially when heightened emotions aren't um, given the room to be able to be expressed. So for sure, um, stress can affect uh, the rhythm of our body uh, internally, which can affect our hair, which can affect all, all of our body really, and lead to all kinds of health concerns, which ultimately in a cycle affect our hair. Um, because not only how we feel, but um, what we eat, what our lifestyle is, mm. what um, we're drinking, all of that internally um, can affect our scalp and, and hair comes from our scalp. And so mm. if our scalp environment isn't its healthiest, then hair won't grow. And so if we're stressed, then we may not take care of our hair. I'm talking about behaviors now, um, but also inside stress can can um, exacerbate some hormones and some things that are happening inside of us, which can, can directly affect our scalp. So it does um, have a impact as well as um, the environment that we live in can impact our hair, um, what we put on our hair and our scalp as far as chemically can impact our hair, um, even the weather can impact our our hair as well. Um, when we lay down at night, um, how do we, how are we looking after our hair? Are we protecting it from the, the material that our sheets and our pillowcases are, are made of? So there's a whole, whole narrative and stress fits under that um, nutritional, dietary, emotional, mental mm. um, pocket, if you like, of if we're not taking care of ourselves and when nutritionally and dietarily, and if we're not taking our care of ourselves emotionally and learning tools to help um, alleviate the stress that we are feeling so it doesn't build up, then yes, it's going to come out in our hair or on our face or mm -hmm. in our body weight or, or however that's going to look. So yeah, it has a great, a huge impact. And so the, um, key is to be extend ourselves grace when mm -hmm. we do feel those emotions um, and find someone who is a safe person who that we could share whatever we're feeling with um, in, in order to um, have all of those emotions get a little quieter because mm -hmm. then when you're quiet you're peaceful when you're peaceful we can start thinking in a way that we might have some logical thoughts and logical conversations and start can address whatever that stress is and that into and then by that very nature of doing that it's going to translate into how well we're taking care of ourselves mm -hmm. um our hormones aren't going to be correct going crazy we might actually um be able to think about our scalp care our scalp condition and then and our hair and so forth and so i think it's a circle right. um that encompasses everything Right. Now I want to go back to, you shared a very significant story um, regarding your loss of your son. I can imagine the emotional situation that came on you and affected your hair. Now, could you give us an idea of when you're in that position, what actually happens to your hair? I know one sign is you comb it, it takes quite a lot out of your hair. Mm. Or you're combing one side, you've got one side breaking off and the other side is fine. What was the turning point for you to realize sure. what was going on with your hair 
And how did you manage to transform that to get it to where you are now? Sure. So because I, we were fortunate, if I say me, we, I mentioned me and my daughter, um, when my son passed away, we were fortunate enough to live with a friend of ours whose husband was a counsellor. Um, the stress was, the stress and the grief were, was never allowed to get to the point where it was having detrimental effects on our health. However, I, I will say that um, looking back, uh, there were points where I was looking at myself as I was healing um, from going through the growth grief process and learning how to heal, that I also began to be aware of what's happening to my hair, what's happening to my face, what's happening to my body. And, and the years of damage, it was almost like it took that moment for me to look and say, I've, you've been mistreating your hair for years by putting heat in it, by putting chemicals in it. And now look at the state of it. And it's in such poor shape that it's saying, I need you to do something different. Mm. And so um, there wasn't a, um, a, his passing didn't give, wasn't a, um, a physical effect on our health as far as our body, it was a moment of awakening to say, you've got to do something different. And it, it was a moment for me to go, I, I need to start right here with my, with my hair because it is, it's beautiful. And so you bring me to a nice point and I just want to caveat there in this and say this right here. Um, for all of the listeners um, on this podcast, if you don't hear anything that I say from this moment on, please hear me say when I, please hear me when I say that, you have beautiful hair. I don't care the length. I don't care the density. I don't mm. care the thickness. Your hair is beautiful and it can be worn well. It's just a matter of us um, looking at what our hair is saying at any particular time and, and understanding what our hair is saying to give it exactly what it needs. So if no one hears anything else, there's no such thing as bad hair. No one has bad hair. Everyone has good hair. And we and some people can come and, and have a conversation with me about that. I'm happy to do that. And we can have a nice, respectful debate um, because I fully believe that everybody has good hair. It's just a matter of learning how to take care of that. So I wanted to carry that in, in there yes. because in my, in my moment, I had to look at, as I understood my value, the value of my hair. And it right. happened while I was going through my grief. Right. Now that takes me on to something what we heard quite uh, familiar. Let's go to African-American women and British Black women and Caribbean women. It's a multi-trillion pound industry. Crazy money. A lot of money going to there. And the second side of it is how you appreciate your hair, how much time you have to put into your hair. It's almost become your, your life. Your hair is your life. And I can understand our sisters where they emphasize so much about their hair because you covered a lot about the importance of hair, the weather, the stress. That takes a lot of time and energy. Now, the industry is growing. Now we have the other side of the coin is, how do our sisters and brothers look at natural hair, the chemical product to the hair? Yeah. What, 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 year are we in now to understand are we seeing a shift from the chemical to natural and why is it that we're going back to natural what's making people trigger us to go back to natural from your perspective 
Absolutely, it's another great question. Um, yes, I think there is a shift, and I, but I think the shift has been happening for a long time. Um, the conversation has been wherever. So I'll talk about America and I'll talk about here because I've lived in these two places. However, I probably would guess around the world, people, people are having the conversation, what is exactly in that product that I'm putting on my hair? Why is my hair breaking? Why is it, whatever that question is, why is this happening? Um, and so I think it's it's a trend, a trend, I say quotations marks about that, but I think it's a conversation that has been happening. And then over the years, more and more women are realizing and questioning consumers in general, men or, or women, but I'll, I'll use women. Um, they're questioning what, what, what is that in my head? What, what ingredient is in that bottle? Um, why is there such a big long name at the back of the bottle on that ingredient that I don't understand? And there is, I've heard it here, um, it said, if you can't pronounce the name on a bottle, and I even said it at the beginning of our podcast, mm -hmm. if um, you can't pronounce the name of the bottle, then you shouldn't be putting it on your hair. And um, so those kinds of questions are, are being asking and have been, are being asked and more and more women are as they're questioning the ingredients they're going well what do I need for my hair what should it be um what can I do and so let me address just one caveat of that and that's that really long name when you look at a bottle of shampoo conditioner whatever hair care product you have and you see those really long names those names are called inky names and INKI stands for International Nomenclature of Cosmetic Ingredients. And mm. they have to be on a label by law. Whether mm. you are in the EU, it's an EU regulation. And Britain, until Britex, was part of the EU. So we adopted that formulation, that um, regulation. And it still continues today, even through Britex. It's still the same standard. Um, in the US, the standard is slightly different, um, but it's still the same standard. Um, the, the name, the inky name, is the nomenclature or the naming convention of ingredients in the cosmetics industry. And by law, the um, cosmetics industry says that that name needs to be on a product because it defines what that particular ingredient it is. And so for me, um, as a buyer of ingredients, when I go to a supplier, someone could sell me, for instance, um, glycerin. Let's just say, for just for an example, glycerin is a humectant, and they could sell it as glycerin on one one um, website, supplier's website, but it could be named something else, vegetable glycerin, on another. Essentially, they might be the same thing. But how do I know that they're the same thing if I'm not savvy with the words? Well, the inky name will tell me because glycerin has a particular inky name that no matter who sells the um, ingredient, they have to list their ingredients by that name. So likewise, a, a hair care product or a skincare product has mm. to have the inky name on their label because it's the law. And so, so this conversation that's been happening is more of what's the what's in the ingredients and and here in the last few years there's been some well-known um companies in the industry that have come under fire for some of the ingredients that's in their um products which is making people talk even more and so now we're at this space where and, and i and covid had an impact around the world when people 
um, weren't able to go out and because the hairdressers weren't operating and so forth. So even there was a shift in COVID because now maybe maybe women who were going to the hairdresser often wasn't able to go to the hairdresser. So they might have had to look, start examining how to look after their own hair or what types of products they're in or what's in a product, uh, what's in a product. And so all of that has is culminating in people becoming more aware of um, what's in a, in a product, how is it benefiting my hair, how is it not benefiting my hair, what can I do about my own hair, um, how can I take care of that, and I think that's an important shift um, for us to have in general, because the crown on our head is beautiful, and it deserves to be worn beautifully, and it's also about people such as myself who have started um, hair care companies or a skincare company, it's about empowering people with knowledge to understand, let me teach you what that name is on that bottle. Let me help you understand what's in that, what those ingredients are or why they're listed the way they're listed. Let me help you and let's talk about your hair care routine and and teach you what your hair is saying when it's dry or when it's breaking or mm. what the difference between shedding and breakage, all of that needs to be had so that people can just continue to feel empowered in themselves. Um, I also think that now there's also been a shift in personal development and personal reflection. And right. so a lot of this could translate to people are just now coming just not just now, but coming to a, an awareness and, and having more of a narrative of what's good for me holistically, right. not just in my hair, but what am I sticking in my body? Is that food helping me? Where is it coming from? How is it benefiting? Am I drinking enough water? Is is the job stressing me out? What can I do about that? How do I alleviate that? You know, all of that um, conversations are happening, which, which go together as a whole. Um, and it's something that we need to have especially for our future generations, because technology has a, is advancing so much that mm. now we can go and just Google things. Right. And, our, and our younger generations are now being raised on Google mm. and they're getting a wealth of information and they have yet to have the experience to absorb all of the information. So it, it's critical for um, my generation uh, to to begin to have a talk to the younger generation about holistic um, right. ways that that help our hair, our bodies, our minds, our, our spirit, all of those kinds of things. Right. Mantri, this is so powerful. I'm sure our listeners are digesting so much content and information on here because obviously we're coming into the winter now. Well, I call it winter now over here. So people are plaiting their hair and having it different. And you mentioned something about Natural hair is beautiful. And what came to me was back in the days, I don't know if you know me, the magazine called Ebony. You remember the magazine yeah. called Ebony? Oh, I used to buy them and collect them. I used to have them in my attic. I don't know why. I saw Ebony and they have Soul Train where everybody used to come out and do Soul Train and, and the Afro hair. Oh, they were the days. They were the days. When you look at the music and the way Soul Train was, it was a representation of our natural beauty. Yeah. There was a lot of natural beauty, Afro hair, the men used to come with the Afro hair, and boy, their trousers were nicely ironed. Oh, the Afro was out here. Those were the days. Now we look at our yeah. time, it shifted. But yeah. for some reason, it's coming back. 
Now, before yeah. we go back into it, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be opening the floor very soon for you to ask a question. Is your hair at the situation where you're feeling, well, I'm going to stay chemical or I'm going to go natural? What is your view on natural hair? We're going to have another personal break. I'm going to come back and we're going to open the floor with our wonderful guest for questions. So hold tight and we'll be coming straight back. This is exciting, Trevor. Countries, my goodness, what a what a way you've laid you've laid everything down on the plate tonight, and I'm I'm getting full. <laughs> the, diet, the the ingredients on that plate it's so heavy, and I'm sure our listeners will be able to burst in with questions to ask you. But before we open the floor for the next ten minutes, I want to go into more in details of what was a real core for you to go into natural and make your own products. How did that motivation yeah. came in, in place? Yeah, yeah, and I'll, thank you for asking that question. And so for me, and again, I can only speak to my experience. Um, I grew up more externally, so outside of my home than inside my home. I grew mm. up with a narrative that told me my hair wasn't beautiful, um, that it, if I couldn't shake it um, around and if it didn't sway in the sun, then um, a sway in the wind, pardon me, then um, there was something wrong with it. And again, this was more external outside of my home than it was internal. And so I did never value my hair as being beautiful. And so when I'm being bombarded with all of those messages, um, it, naturally as a child, I begin to think that those messages are true. Um, and and with the messages about my hair, there was also messages about my self-worth as well. And so because I bought into that, I wanted to be like everyone else. I'm using quotation marks in um, now. And what I saw on the TV um, advertising was uh, women who were putting chemicals in their hair. It's funny that you should ask me that question. I'm going to caveat and come right back. Because I was thinking the other day, my hair is naturally curly. 
And I was raised in the 80s and 90s. And in the 80s, the curly perm was it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I want a curly perm. And I was thinking about this the other day and I looked back and I was like, but Montrese, your hair was curly like the curly perm anyway. What was going on in your mind that you decided that you needed to put these products on your hair to achieve the the um the same look that you had naturally? It's really crazy. And so it goes back to the conversations that I had as a child and the narrative that I was I learned and developed a self-talk growing up. And so when my son passed away and then I was just before he passed away, I was going through my own journey of emotional healing and look at my past anyway. um, The inclination was to come and start talking about my hair. What did I believe about my hair? What was I told about my hair? Um, And I decided at, at some point throughout this healing that enough of what I was told about my hair, let me wear it the way that it was designed to be worn because I'm valuable, because Mm -hmm. it's valuable, because it's beautiful, because I can rock my hair or wear it nicely. All I need is the education and the understanding. And so um, I think I really put down the the switch, especially for my hair through going through my time with the counselor while I was learning about my own childhood wounds and how to heal those. And as I was healing those wounds, an actual extension was healing my hair. So by the time my son died, I was already thinking about my hair and the way that it looked and wanted to honor it because um, I just, why why not? Mm. Just just why not? Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is an opportunity now for you to ask your questions. And the two ways you can do it, ladies and gentlemen, you can either unmute yourself or raise your hand unmute yourself and ask your questions, or you can put them in the chat. So how many of you in the room are looking at keeping your hair natural or keeping it chemical? Let's have a listen to some of you, or if you've got any questions you want to put to Montre, please do do that. Raise your hand and unmute yourself or put some questions in the chat. Now, while waiting for the question to come through, uh, Montre, is let us go in a little bit more about your products. Um, who the products are for, uh, what type of ingredients have you considered to put in, and what is the long-term plan with the products that you have? And in fact, what are the results are you getting from people who are actually using your product? That'd be quite useful. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a lovely question. I want to say, um, and I'm going to say, I'll say this during here, um, the product that I have made um is a hair sealing butter. And so for anyone, and and so this is what I wanna say. I, to me, um, it doesn't matter if someone is um, is wearing their hair natural or it has plaits, they're putting it in braids or they have weave or whatever they're doing with their hair. That's perfectly okay with me. My thing and my um, conversation I like to be is while it's in those states, how are you taking care of it? Um, how are you looking after it? Um, and I think that needs to be empowered. Uh, people need to be empowered to know that you can wear your hair in any style you want to, and you can also take care of your hair so that it remains healthy and your scalp remains um, healthy. And so um, uh, I, the product that I made, um, all of our hair needs moisture, meaning it needs hydrating. Our, our hair shaft are made up of 
protein um, pro is made up of protein, 40% protein, 40% lipids, which are oils, and 20% water. And our hair needs to be um, hydrated from the inside. So what, what, we're, what we're drinking, which should be mainly water, as well as the outside. And so when I began my own hair care journey, I was, my focus was on how do I keep my hair moisturized? What kind of ingredients do I need in order to help my hair be moisturized? And, and I came across some ingredients such as shea butter, olive oil, jojoba oil, and sweet almond oil um, that for their properties and their benefits, I literally grew my hair from small to, to really long just using this product. But I was intentional and specific about why I was using them because when we, we as people understand that our hair needs um, moisture in it, then the next question is, well, how do we retain that moisture? whether it be on a daily basis or a buy a couple every couple of days, whatever that is. And um, so imagine when we go outside, if we put in a leave-in conditioner or something on our hair and I go outside, depending on what the weather is, the environment is going to draw that moisture out of our hair just because of the environment that we're living in. And so my butter, it's called Be Blessed. Um, it is designed to, after someone has moisturized their hair or hydrated their hair, and there is a difference between hydration and moisture, but we'll leave that for another time. But after their hair has been hydrated, how do we seal in that moisture? And so um, the shea butter, um, just very briefly, has components in it, such as fatty acids, vitamin E, A and F, that can pass through the hair shaft to help provide strength to the hair. Um, and also help condition the hair and also prevent and um, promote, pardon me, hair, um, hair growth. Um, the olive oil, which is an oil that um, is a little thicker in, mole in molecular structure, um, can form a film, a very light film around the hair, which, which that part helps seal in, in your hair. It's a jojoba oil um, can help, it's a wax, so it's actually not an oil, but it's a wax and it's the closest thing that we have um, to our own hair, our own oil, which is sebum. And it was chosen because it can help protect the scalp from the outside environment, as well as any damage, oxidant damage to our hair. So really all of these ingredients, the same with uh, sweet almond oil, it um, can um, help retain the moisture by, um, sealing in that moisture in our in our hair um, and so I really thought about why and because I know that it, it was working for me and I had been using it since 2013 and and here I am in 2019 starting my own hair care product I was kind of like my own tester and my daughter was my own tester I still had to do, do my due diligence when I got here but because I had seen the results for myself and my daughter, and because I knew the ingredients and what the ingredients do, it just made sense for me to start a hair care company um, with what I, I know. I have two variations because then one variation for people with, that have um, sensitivity to essential oils, I just have the shea butter, the olive oil, the jojoba oil, the sweet almond oil. There's also vitamin E in my product. And the vitamin E is to help with, um, to keep the, extend the shelf life of the, the product. Um, and then I have, so I have one that just has that 
those ingredients in it for those that have a sensitivity to essential oils. And then I have another one that has peppermint, spearmint, lavender, mm. and tea tree. And they were all chosen for their um, properties that can help grow our hair. So for instance, um, peppermint has um, a sub substances in it that are small enough to penetrate through our scalp and go to our blood vessels, stimulating the blood vessels to help to say, hey, can you make some hair now? And so right. that it, it can help promote hair growth as well as the benefits to the hair. I also consider what's the well-being um, of these essential oils. So it's really funny whenever I have a part of uh, my product with um, spearmint in it, I just like to smell that because it has such an uplift, and peppermint in it, it has such an uplifting aroma that it just makes me smile. And so I also thought about if I'm gonna put these essential oils in it, I just don't wanna put it, put them in there for the sake of having them in there for the hair. I also want it to be a well-rounded product and I want it to help um, people's well-being as well. We have a question come through. Um, how do I keep my hair moisture, having fine hair, back of my hair has fallen out? How do I take care of my locks? Yeah, so I love the questions. It's And there's like three questions in one. So let's just dissect yeah. each one of them um, one at a time. How do I keep my hair moisturized? It goes back to what I said before. So I would ask the questions, how often are you putting moisture in it? Um, does Do you know when it's saying I need um, moisture because I'm really dry? Um, are you sealing it? What are you, if you are, what are you sealing in the moisture, the moisture with? Um, I would ask about the makeup of their hair. So our hair um, has three layers and the top layer that we interact with every day is called the cuticle layer. And some people's um, cuticles lay flat like shingles on a roof um, and some um, are raised up. And so the people with hair that, that lays flat like shingles on a roof that lay flat, it will take a lot more moisture to get through to the to the middle layer to help moisturize the hair so I'd, I would ask questions like um, how, how long does it take you to make your hair wet um, and then what are you doing when it's when it's wet how are you dry what's your wash day like how are you drying it are you putting a sealant on it to help keep retain that moisture um, those kinds of questions that I was I would ask so for let's and I'll just I can pick on myself because I know me I won't pick on anyone else and so let me just pick on myself if I, if I was new to hair and I understood that when my hair is dry it means that it needs moisture then I would look at what am I how am I giving it moisture am I using a leave-in conditioner am I using maybe um a hairspray, moisturizing hairspray, not literally the hairspray that makes your hair hold, but a liquid-based, uh, a water-based product that literally, uh, um, when you spread on, it moisturizes or it wets your hair, not soaking wet, but it damps your hair. Um, am I putting aloe vera juice on it? Whatever I'm doing, whatever liquid I'm doing to uh, moisturize my hair, then am I adding an oil or am I putting a cream on it? Are the ingredients in the oil and cream, are there some that in the ingredients, are they penetrating my hair to help my hair um, grow stronger? Because I also want to retain my length, which means I need to address the, the very ends of my hair, which is where the breakage comes from. Um, uh, or am I using oils that are only just uh, sealing my hair, putting a film around my hair and, and sealing it? Those kinds of questions. So it would be, what am I hydrating my hair with? 
Um, if I'm using oils, what's in those oils and how do they work? And then if I'm using a cream, is the cream going to be um, enough that it's going to coat my hair and help me retain my moisture? Then I'm also going to look at, am I moisturizing my hair in the morning or am I doing it at night? Because if I'm, in the if I'm doing it in the morning, as soon as I go outside, my hair is already losing the moisture just from the environment. So I would say do it at night and, and have a hair care routine maybe at night. We, and I would talk about somebody like, what's your hair care routine? Because sometimes women's hair care routine can be long. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be long. We just have to be wise um, in how we're taking care of our hair. I would do it at night. I would put it in the style I wanted to. And then I would wrap it in a satin cap or some or um, a bonnet. So that when my hair comes in contact with my sheets or my pillow case, depending on the material that it's made, made with, um, there's not friction happening. I'm not breaking my hair. The cotton isn't um, pulling out moisture from my hair. All of this is to consider. So I would do it at night because then the products can sit longer on my hair. My hair would have more time to absorb the liquid that mm -hmm. I put on my hair than if I just did it in the morning and went out. And so... Um, there's a method called liquid oil and cream, and there's another method out called um, penetrate. I'm trying to remember PPM, penetrate, protect, and moisturize. Or, or I think it's that it goes that way. Um, and those are different methods that women can use to understand what product should I put on first. For sure, liquid should be put on first. So any water-based product that you have that's a, like, like a conditioner, a leave-in, or like I said, a, a spray that's water-based designed to moisturize hair, then an oil if I want to, then cream if I want to. And then the back of my hair has been falling out. I would ask um, when you're sleeping at night, um, how, there's a couple of things. How, how are you sleeping? Are you protecting your hair at night so it doesn't come into contact with the sheets and the pillowcase and then cause friction and rub it? Then I ask, how what, are there any medical conditions that that you may have underlying concerns on the inside that may need to be addressed that could be um, contributing to the hair loss? So nutrition, medical, all those kinds of questions I'd ask in order to give an informed um, answer, because there's a variety of reasons why hair is falling out. And it really is um, addressing the root of those reasons, as opposed to let me just find a product and stick it on my head and, and hope that it works. Um, there isn't out there in, in a product that does it all, but there can be a combination of what you're doing ex externally as far as putting products on our hair and what we're doing internally as far as our the health of our insides that um, can help contribute to a healthy scalp and healthy hair. And then how do I take care of my locks? There is a company that I cannot think of off of the top of my head that does products for locks. It just came to me. There's a company that does um, products for locks called Afrocentrics. Um, mm. And I have not used their products. However, I have looked at their labels and they are very much concerned about the ingredients that they use um, in their products for our hair type and mm -hmm. to be beneficial for our hair type. So, um, uh, who was I don't know the name of the person that, that asked the question forgive me if I don't call your name out you could go to that website and have a look at the ingredients that they use um, and what the products that they have um, and see if that might be something of interest 
I think we've got another question from Mandy, um, which is a very question I'm going to ask yourself as a wrap up to the ending of this podcast. Uh, is there some way someone can reach out to you to ask for advice about the specific her situation? There is, and I'm so glad Mandy asked me that. For the people um, here in the chat, I'll put it in the chat, my contact information. For the listeners on the um, radio station, um, my company is called Dare to be Natural. Um, you can go and Google Dare to be Natural, and it comes up um, uh, in the search results, the first the first option. Um, the website address, if if you don't want to do that, it's there to be natural.weebly.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, dare to be N1. So dare the number two, B N, and then the number one. On Facebook, you can search dare to be natural. So dare then the number two, be natural. And um, I'm happy to give out my phone number if that's appropriate to do. Um, now, Trevor. Also, I have email. Someone can email me at info.daretobenatural.co.uk. And uh, my telephone number for those that are in the UK is 07561 519 And for those outside of the UK, um, it's plus 44 and then drop the zero. So it'd be plus 447561. 519-944. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for those who have signed up to this podcasting show, you will get the recording and I will put her contact details in there for every one of you to actually follow her. Woman Trees, what can I say? It's been absolutely amazing to hear your story and your journey has been a benefit to everybody in this room, including myself, because what you're saying is don't be afraid to go for your dreams. Not Don't be afraid to go for your dreams. You had a dream, Absolutely. now live in it, and you're now a testimony to other people to show that if you're on a journey and it don't look good, keep going, because the dream will always come. So what can I say, and just before we wrap up, what would your last word be to anyone regarding her? What would your final message be? Uh, first, thank you for having me. Thank you for the questions. Thank you, audience, for uh, listening. My final message, um, your hair is beautiful. No matter the texture, the length, the density, it can be worn well. Um, I would encourage you to explore how, reach out. I, don't, I love talking about hair. I'll talk about it all day. Um, if it's possible, but I'm happy to have a conversation about hair and look at your hair care routines and maybe see if we can come up with something that will help benefit your hair. Your crown on your head is beautiful and it deserves to be worn well. Wow, absolutely amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what can I say? You can't get it any better than that because we are now moving into looking after yourself and appreciating what you all have on our head, which is a beautiful hair that you have. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for coming on. We will be back again with another guest on Monday, 7.30. And you are welcome to join us. And I'm so excited to have our wonderful guest and say, Mantri, thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you for everything you. you've given to us. And we can always go away with something we can digest for the rest of the night. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming and thank you for joining. Take care and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Do, do people hang up? Oh, they all hung up. Am I supposed to hang up as well? Yeah.